Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in, welcome to homesteading and gardening in the suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today we're talking about seeds that we can be starting right now in late January, early February, so let's dig in. And I shared recently in the Facebook group that your seed starting setup doesn't need to be pretty doesn't need to be Instagram worthy. Like my setup is definitely functional. It's cobbled together from what we have. I mean, for example, my husband's even made like a reflective light block cover that we can cover the shelving with that's made from cardboard boxes and aluminium, aluminum foil, oh, and some tape um, to help block out the LED lights because we found as we've been seed starting, those LED lights can kind of make your eyes hurt. We've got those ones that are blue and red. And um, if you're kind of looking at the seeds and stuff for a while, it can kind of give me a headache. So we've made this kind of light block <laughs> to help um, reduce that. But also that foil is going to help reflect the light around and help reduce having leggy seedlings. And honestly, seed starting really doesn't need to be fancy. It just needs to be something that you can hold seed starting soil in and something that's going to be deep enough to let those roots go down and get established. I have many a recycled container for seed starting. I've got milk jugs, water jugs, half gallon juice or milk cartons, dog treat plastic jars, toilet paper, cardboard inserts, coffee cups, right? I mean, coffee cups if I treat my husband and I to a coffee when we go into town, which isn't all that often. Um, but I do save those cups because they come in handy. Um, mushroom trays are really great too. Like those are just some of the recycled planting containers that we use and have used. Um, I've also used resealable plastic bags and plastic bread bags to cover the soil and help raise that humidity up um, to help encourage germination, especially when I didn't have seed trays or clear plastic domes that go on top of seed trays to help encourage that germination. So I'm very much, you know, using what I have to help, you know, grow food. And you can do that too. You really don't need all of these like fancy trays and all these pretty colored pots and stuff like that you don't need all of that to get started you can really start very simply and there's been some really cool setups that people have shared in the facebook group over um, a period of time there's somebody who's got coffee cans that they do kind of a mini hydroponic system in which is really really cool and i love seeing how well the stuff is growing in that system so you know, get inspired by other people in the group and don't be afraid to share yours because I think once we can get over the fact that, you know, our seed starting setup doesn't need to look like something that, you know, we want to share on social media and show like, oh, hey, everything's all super pretty, um, but actually show the reality of what seed starting looks like, then maybe we can encourage more people to start from seed and help have a beautiful garden that isn't overly expensive to get started. But I digress from today because today, I, as I'm recording this, um, it's late January, we're going into early February, I'm in zone four to zone five kind of you know it's a north facing slope so it's a little finickety in terms of what my growing season is but i generally have a growing short season it's about 130 frost free days um, for my growing season much shorter than what i uh, was used to i had a zone um, seven for the last six years 
Um, uh, so, you know, I'm kind of starting to get to grips with the nuances of growing in a shorter climate. So I like to start things indoors. I like to start a lot of seeds. I have a lot of seeds and, you know, this is one of those activities that I'm doing is growing out a lot of the old seed to you know be able to save some fresh seed and you know start some of these other seed saving and land race projects that I've got going on here at Mossy Bottom Homestead. Um, generally though I've always started from seed and I do a lot of things indoors and then transplant them out. Certainly now I'm in a shorter growing season I do that to really help have a good chance of getting a harvest. One of the things that I really like to do though is to make sure that I'm growing varieties that have got a shorter number of days to maturity that are going to fit in with that 130 growing days. So maybe I'm choosing varieties of summer veggies that are ready in 90 days or maybe 85 days instead and those that are ready in kind of 120 days um, I might be kind of passing because sometimes we could have a frost that goes you know, well into June, um, which kind of puts a bit of a dampener on trying to transplant out your warm weather crops. So having, you know, an understanding of how many frost free days that you have in your growing season can really help you drive to choose varieties that are going to be productive in that time that you have. So just a tip that's there. But let's get on and talk about some of those veggies that we're going and some things I've kind of bundled together because they're very similar um, with how you know we get those started and what we grow and celery and celeriac also known as celery root um, is one of those things that I've kind of bundled together because both of these crops can take up to 14 days to germinate sometimes a little longer and they are very slow growing um, these you want to be starting them indoors at least 12 weeks before your last frost date in spring. Um, I actually started mine in the middle of January, but you can squeeze in sowing these before the end of January if you've got the seeds available. Um, a heat mat is going to help coax those seeds to germinate and can help cut down your germination times a little bit, but they are pretty slow growing. Um, this year I've actually sown some celery and celeriac using biodynamic techniques. So I sowed them on a leaf day and I treated the soil as I would if I was going to be growing things biodynamically. And I've also done some that are just kind of using organic techniques, just kind of normal seed starting. Didn't really worry about the day or the time or anything like that. And I'm kind of excited to see which germinate first and how well they grow. So that's just kind of, you know, my own curiosity to kind of see how well these two techniques um, grow. Um, I've grown like the same variety um, for each one. So this year um, I ended up deciding on growing Ventura celery um, because I had, I didn't realize I had like a double seed packet um, of it. And um, so I've sown some of that one and that's more of a improved Utah tall type of celery. And I've grown Utah tall celery before and it's it did very well. Um, certainly when I lived in Utah, it grew, it grew just fine. Um, you know, when I had it in a shady spot in the garden where there was a lot more moisture. Um, so this time I'm trying this Ventura variety and for the celeriac, um, I've chosen to grow Monarch um, was the variety. And it just, it just happened to be the first seed packet that I pulled out of the jar. So that's what I went with. So those are the varieties that I'm growing. Um, these crops, 
need to be planted outside around the last frost date in spring. Um, so I'm going to need some sort of floating grow cover or frost fleece to help keep those covered and just kind of keep the worst of the weather off, especially if we get a cold snap later. And hardening off those plants are going to help them settle into their growing space. So an early start is definitely worth it, especially when it comes to, you know, you know need to harden off your plants and that can take 10 to 14 days so it kind of takes a bit of planning when it comes to starting seeds but it is really really worth it because there's a lot more variety that's available when you start from seed yourself now celeriac um, will actually bolt or run to seed if it is too cool so it kind of triggers it into thinking that it's gone through like a, a cold cycle and that it needs to start sending up its flower shoots and stuff. Um, so you don't want to be transplanting celeriac until the temperatures are above 55 degrees Fahrenheit or 12 degrees Celsius. And you want to be mindful of where you're starting your seeds. So for example, my house is normally about 55 degrees Fahrenheit because heating oil is expensive, guys. Um, and wearing an extra sweater isn't. Um, so I will need to be, you know, kind of mindful of that as my celeriac seedlings are starting, like I've got them on a heat mat, but I'm going to need to move those to the warmest area in my house, um, where it's a little warmer, probably near one of the air vents. Um, so that's going to help keep them happy and keep them above that 55 degrees Celsius, uh, 55 degrees Fahrenheit, not degrees Celsius, my goodness, 55 degrees Celsius, I wouldn't have any um, seeds growing. Um, but yeah, I keep them above 55 Fahrenheit because that way my celeriac is going to focus on growing that swollen stem part that we eat rather than thinking that they need to produce seeds. So sometimes plants have got kind of these nuances about them and celeriac one of them, but I definitely think it's worth it and i actually prefer celeriac over celery um i find it a lot more um useful and i've got some really great like soup recipes with celeriac and i'm just really excited to have homegrown celeriac this year next up is onions so bulbing onions and spring onions um spring onions are also called green onions or bunching onions or scallions um they are also pretty slow growing veggies onions definitely the bulbing sort need um a lot of light as seedlings and they are very slow growing um just like celery and celeriac you want onions the bulbing onions definitely to be started about 12 weeks before your last frost date in spring um when bulbing onions get to be about four to five inches tall you want to give them a little haircut and actually cut them back so they're two inches tall and that's going to encourage a lot more shoots from that baby bulb that's forming below and it's going to help you have a lot sturdier plants and the good news is those onion trimmings can be used as seasonings so there's no waste um but even you know you can start the bunching green onions spring onions scallions whatever you want to call them i just call them spring onions because that's what i grew up knowing that they were called but even sowing spring onions really early has some advantages because they're pretty tolerant of that cool weather and you can transplant them before your last frost date in spring um, and in actual fact you can transplant them out about two to four weeks before that last frost date in spring so if your seed starting area is getting crowded and it's probably going to be getting pretty crowded relatively soon um, then it's always good to know what plants can be moved outside early start off that hardening off process and then getting things out into the ground now for me 
getting things out two to four weeks before the last frost date that's putting it to be the last week of april it might be much earlier for you and depending on where in the garden um things are going to be and how much snow we've actually got i mean my garden right now is under about two foot of snow and i've got more snow coming um you know that's kind of like the hold up for me is has my garden space actually defrosted yet um uh, but there's other you know areas in the garden where things are much warmer and a little bit higher and snow defrosts very quickly so understanding how your garden um actually grows and what spaces become available first is kind of helpful in knowing where you're going to be putting those early spring crops so you're not only creating space in your seed starting area um but also you know getting things into the ground sooner because the sooner things are in the ground the sooner they can get established and the sooner we can start harvesting stuff which is the exciting bit i think um i also want to talk about chives um because they're also part of the onion family and i just I love chives like they're lilac colored flowers are just lovely in the herb garden and the bees just absolutely love them um, I actually got my chives here in Maine um, at a seed and plant swap that I was at last year um, but you can grow them from seeds and I actually have some old garlic chive seeds that have got white flowers um, that I want to sow this year and use up the last of my old seeds um, chives are actually a perennial so they are gonna keep coming back each year and they form this nice like grassy clump and you can actually divide that when it gets super big and you can share them with a neighbor or another gardening friend or in a plant swap or you can just plant them in different areas around the garden to help deter deer um, or provide you know habitat for beneficial bugs and other critters um, i'm going to be putting in some chives around some of my fruit trees in my planting guilds that i'm creating for my orchard and some of the older trees that i have there um, so if you're wondering where you might want to squeeze in more plants into your backyard, then don't forget the space around your fruit trees. Um, that's another way that you can squeeze in some extra plants into your backyard. Um, but you can start chives just like onions. You can start them, you know, around this time, late January, um, mid-January, um, even up to mid-April. Uh, mid-April mid-February sorry um, and you can transplant them around the same time as your onions after hardening off and of course once established chives are going to keep you in either onion flavored or garlic flavored leaves depending on the variety that you've planted for many years to come and I really like that I like having plants that you only need to plant once and then you can just keep coming back to them year after year so I really like perennials and having plenty of perennials in the garden and um chives i feel are very underrated they can be used in so many things um but we i mean certainly at my house we just don't use them enough and i you know chives was one of the things that you know i ate quite a lot of growing up you know my dad would make these nice little omelets and put you know a sprinkling of chives on them and they're just i mean to me that's like a home you know comfort food is an you know a cheese omelet with some chives on it so i'm very excited when we actually get our chickens and they start laying and then i can start enjoying um some of those things next up is peppers so late january early february is kind of normal for me to be starting my sweet and hot peppers regardless of where i was living um we grow a lot of hot peppers a lot of hot peppers my husband loves spicy food he grew up in texas so 
he is very particular about how hot his peppers are and what sort of peppers I need to be growing and I mean we really love making our own chili powder chili sauce um he loves making a lot of you know food um from what he grew up with I like a lot of pepper variety in what I'm growing just because that's who I am um he tends to stick with certain types of pepper peppers sorry you might have heard vault in the background giving a shake um he's here with me in the studio um but the the peppers that we grow like you, you know i've grown many many different varieties of hot peppers and you know there's certain ones that we grow every year like habaneros jalapenos um that my husband really likes but i like to grow kind of different ones um the chicken heart like red chicken heart and yellow chicken heart varieties were surprisingly spicy and um actually produced very well for us um this year i've got a couple of different pepper varieties that i'm trying um just so we can kind of get a feel for what plants grow best in our climate um i found that the scotch bonnets were not quite ripening um same with the habaneros they were not quite getting to the point where they were ripening in the climate that i have um so i'm going to try starting those earlier just to see if we're able to kind of get over that hump by you know getting a little bit of a head start on sewing these um and growing them indoors um but it might be that i actually just need to find different peppers that are more suitable for a short growing season so that's if you're in a short growing season like i am that's something that you need to be kind of mindful of some of these foods that we like may you know they may produce but they may not produce to a point where they're um usable um at the levels that we're we're used to um especially if you you know used to getting them at the grocery store and they're orange or red and you know they're still green um whilst we're growing them for example so that's just a little watch out um but i did discover last year as i was growing um for the first time here uh, at the new place um the deer didn't eat my hot peppers which was great i was so happy about the deer not eating the hot peppers my husband was even more happy that they weren't eating his hot peppers um and actually he would be sort of like walking around the property and you know i'd see him like dive off into some of the garden beds and he's there looking to see like what peppers are ready to go so he can have them on his scrambled eggs in the morning um but the sweet peppers unfortunately the deer absolutely loved and they just kept coming back and coming back and coming back and grazing on those sweet peppers so i never actually got any sweet peppers last year um but this year i've got a fence around um my garden area so we're going to see whether that's going to help um or whether the groundhog's going to be um getting in as well so between like the deer and the groundhog um there was a lot of vegetarian animals that were um having a feast on my property so i'm going to be trying to kind of put in some hot peppers or chives and or garlic and stuff kind of in different areas to try and help deter some of um these animals from getting to my crops um so we'll see how that goes um but generally i start sweet peppers and hot peppers at the same time um they need the soil to be very warm to encourage that germination and um some heirlooms particularly the hot peppers can be very particular about the conditions in which they will germinate so poblanos and habaneros and scotch bonnets um are kind of particular um in how they need some light on the seeds to encourage that germination so um for some things 
when I'm sowing them, I'll just barely put them in the soil. Um, and I have to be careful that those seeds don't dry out um, because if they're left on the surface, they can dry out too much. And you need to have a good contact with the moist seed starting mix to encourage that germination. So having a cover on your seeds, like a, the clear plastic dome that often comes with, you know, the seed starting trays that you can buy, or just, you know, covering them in some plastic or whatever helps raise that humidity so your seeds are not drying out and it's going to encourage that germination. Um, sometimes you need light and sometimes with peppers, it can take a long time for that germination to happen. Um, some pe pepper varieties can take up to 14 days to germinate. Um, if you're not getting anything and you've got very warm soil, um, you know, you're using a heat mat and things, then it, it's a possibility that the seed's not great. Um, I have had peppers from a particular company that I absolutely love um, and all of their other seeds are great, but their peppers just do not seem to grow. Um, and I've had to, you know, I've gotten the same variety from another company and they've grown fine. So, you know, it may pay um, to try and shop around and kind of see what else, um, you know, if you've got that same variety, if you can get it from somewhere else and see whether that works for you. Um, but don't be discouraged, though, if things are taking a long time to germinate or they don't germinate at all. Um, it might not necessarily be something that you're doing as the gardener, particularly if, you know, you've got that warm soil that's there because honestly like having the warm soil has taken a lot of um the headache out of seed starting particularly with a cooler house um but obviously if you've got that bottom heat coming on from having a seed you know a heat mat um for your seed starting then you're going to really need to pay attention to your seedlings drying out um, so make sure that you check them every day or so to see whether you need to add more water and um, just pop a bit in the bottom of that container or miss them at the top, um, whatever works for you. Just make sure that those don't dry out, especially while you're trying to encourage those seeds to germinate. I tend to pot on peppers as they get bigger. So I'll do that a couple of times um, before they're actually transplanted into the garden. Um, peppers they definitely need to go out after all risk of frost, of frost has passed. Um, so that could be the first week of June for me, um, but it might be a little earlier for you, depending on where you are. I like to be putting out larger plants, especially since I've learned um, in my last year of growing here that sometimes some of the plants might produce fruit or just barely be producing fruit before that frost comes again in fall. So if you're in a shorter season, those are some things that you need to think about. Let's talk about parsley next. Um, I like curly parsley. My husband likes um, the flat leaf parsley type. Both are tolerant of cool weather and can actually tolerate being transplanted um, around the time of the last frost in spring. You might be able to get it a little earlier if you're using some sort of frost protection like a floating row cover or a frost fleece. Um, and certainly when I was in the UK, parsley just it would come back year after year i didn't actually need to cover it or anything um it just kept growing and i was able to harvest it quite you know quite well into spring um the next season or it, it would be quite happy into you know late fall even winter um in some years where i was still able to be harvesting 
parsley but like chives parsley is pretty slow to germinate and slow to grow um, which is why you can start to sow that now indoors and you know even if these herbs and things tend to get a little on the big side at least you can be harvesting them and using them in your cooking whilst you're kind of waiting for them to be able to transplant outside now i'm talking about aubergine or eggplant um this is another member of the nightshade family just like potatoes peppers and tomatoes they need warm soil to germinate as well and they are quite slow to grow especially in a cool house so a heat mat is definitely going to help those germinate um just like celery and peppers it can take up to 14 days for those seeds to germinate so you want to be starting these seeds early too um, if you start them in a small seed module tray, then you're going to need to be transplanting them into bigger containers as they grow to be able to give that plant more room to grow, get those roots, you know, down further. And, you know, they're going to be getting bigger before you transplant them outside. Eggplant, like peppers, needs to be transplanted after all the risk of frost has passed. It's definitely one of those heat loving, you know, crops that needs the warmth of, of the sun and no no frost. Um, if those temperatures are looking like they're kind of low um, and, you know, definitely on the cooler side, then don't don't plant, um, don't transplant it out. It's actually better to wait a couple of days until you've got that steady temperature and the risk of frost has passed let's talk about rosemary next it's another kitchen herb it can be started early it's probably my husband's favorite rosemary doesn't survive the winter where i live in maine um so i have to grow it in a container and bring it in or i can grow it as an annual um, the seeds can be started now so the plants have a chance to grow before they're transplanted out after the frost. Um, they're definitely going to be going in a sunny location in the garden because rosemary is native to the Mediterranean so it likes heat, it likes drier conditions, it's definitely a slow grower for me um, and it needs that warmth to grow. So starting your seeds indoors early is going to help give your plants time for them to grow before they're moved outside for spring and summer. And, you know, you don't need to be keeping plants on the heat mat, particularly as they're germinating and getting bigger. You can move them to another area where, you know, it's still warm-ish. Like if you've got a cold house like I do, then you need to kind of plan it a little bit more as to keeping your plants in the warmer areas because generally so 55 degrees is kind of that cool weather temperature so there's certain plants that are gonna be okay with it like you know your onions or your brassicas you know like kale and stuff like that but some of your warmer weather crops it can make them grow even slower or stop growing um so just be kind of mindful of that as you're planning your seed starting next up is okra okra plants are so pretty to me the flowers are just lovely i love looking at okra plants and i really love eating okra too um here in the north an early sowing of okra indoors is going to help you have larger plants to transplant after that risk of frost has passed and you're going to be more likely to get a harvest um okra is one of those plants where it is pretty indestructible if you're living in a hot weather area and sometimes certainly like i know in texas and um you know alabama georgia those kind of florida those you know areas where you're going to be getting those super hot summers high humidity and there's not a lot of stuff growing probably the only thing that's going to be growing and thriving is going to be your okra um 
I I really love growing okra and I, I am really hopeful that I can get some to grow here in Maine. Um, okra really thrives in that heat of summer, but starting the seeds can take a while. So I've got some open pollinated varieties that I grew and saved seed from um, when I was in Utah. So I'm going to be trying that this year. Um, but I'd love to know from you, what's your favorite variety of okra that you are growing where you're at? Let me know over in the Facebook group. Um, I, I am very, very keen to try and see if I can get some that grow well here. Um, things like um, the southern peas or cow peas. There's a variety that um, somebody has bred that works well for northern climates. Um, so I know it's possible that we can get some of these veggies that, you know, we love growing from different parts of the US to have some that grow in, you know, some of these more cooler climates than what they're used to. So it's totally possible. But I'm very keen to hear, especially if you're in a shorter season area and you've got some of these great crops growing. I'd love to know um, what varieties you are growing there tomatillos are next salsa verde here we come i love salsa verde um and i was super surprised at how well tomatillos did for us in maine um i got them started early with peppers and eggplant and that definitely helps um tomatillos also need warm soil to help get those seeds to germinate but they can actually grow quicker than peppers and eggplants. So I tend to start my tomatillos a little bit later. So I'll be starting those in early February um, to, you know, grow and then, you know, transplant and then finally move out into the garden um, probably after the risk of frost has passed. Um, I Sometimes, like, I've managed to have tomatillos go out a little bit earlier as, and used, like, a couple of layers of frost fleece, um, and they've recovered, but... I, like where I'm living now, like I, I, it's it's not worth it. Like I definitely want to get those out after the risk of frost has passed. Um, but it's kind of it's a fine line because tomatillos seem to grow so quickly for me. It's it's a really fine line between them outgrowing the largest container that I have them in. I think last time I had them in a coffee can, like a large coffee can, and they were outgrowing those and I needed to get them in the ground. And it was just kind of, well, I really hope that the, you know, the weather's going to hold up and it's not going to get too cold. But we had a very good, um, you know, harvest from them and they were very, very productive. And I grew a variety that had like very big tomatillos growing because um, we like to make a lot of salsa verde and um, different things in the kitchen with those. So, you know, they're one of those plants that I like to grow, um, but they're a plant that you need to grow multiple of. So you need to grow more than one tomatillo plant because that actually helps them pollinate and produce the fruits. They're not something that grows very well if you're just growing a single plant. So just bear that in mind if you are planning on growing some tomatillos to make sure that you have multiple plants and that's going to help you um, produce more. And um, make sure that you get those out after the risk of frost has passed in the garden. Next up is spinach. Um, so cool weather crops like spinach can be started around now. Um, maybe more towards, um, you know, later end of you know, February. Um, but 
you can have bigger plants to transplant into the garden and that's one of the advantages of starting things a little earlier um, it makes it so that you can get an earlier harvest of greens and early greens like spinach you know you can cover those with some floating row cover or frost fleece um, to keep the worst of the weather off and a lot of times you'll find kind of directions in growing some of these veggies particularly these cool weather plants like as soon as the soil can be worked and what that means is as soon as the soil isn't frozen anymore and you can actually work it with a gardening tool um, you can be starting to plant transplant some of these things out you're still going to need to leverage things like a floating row cover or floss, frost fleece or a cloche or something like that to help you know keep the worst of the weather off and you know help keep those plants a little happier as those nighttime temperatures are still pretty cold um you know we still can be getting frost and things but that is a good way to be able to get plants out early so i would be transplanting spinach about the same time as my onions they're both going to be under a floating row cover and um, so that for me would be around the last week of april but it, if you're in a warmer growing zone like when i was in a zone seven i was transplanting as early as april 1st or even late march so it kind of depends on where you are but spinach is um a lot more cool weather tolerant than um, we often think and I think spinach is a lot better than something like Swiss chard Swiss chard I would usually be planting maybe two weeks before the last frost date um, because it is a little prone to being you know nipped by that frost still so um, it's not as hardy as what we're going to talk about next which is members of the brassica family um including asian greens kale mustard cabbage right um things like mitsuna and tatsoi they are my early spring greens and i sow these outside actually as i'm transplanting some of the bigger plants so i'm able to extend that harvest get that successional sowing started many asian greens thrive in cooler weather so you can look out for them as salad mixes um, from different seed companies to really get some early greens from the garden um, they're pretty fast growing even as seeds and many of the brassicas are um, and they because they are fast growing they can get leggy real quick and they germinate very fast so they'll often germinate within you know one to five days um, and if you don't have enough light on them as soon as they're germinating so we're like talking things like kale broccoli cabbage mustards cauliflower right they will get very leggy very quickly so they'll the little seedling will grow up super super tall to try and get to the light and we don't want that we want the seeds to kind of stay low and you know be sturdy so when it comes to sowing anything that is in the brassica family um you definitely want to keep if you're starting them indoors and you're using grow lights or led lights and whatnot you want to keep those lights low and then just gently bring them up a little bit at a time and i know it's a bit of a pain um but you're gonna thank me when you've got much sturdier plants and you're not having leggy plants which are weak they're more prone to pests and diseases and you know it's kind of a waste of your time um once you, they've gotten kind of leggy yes you could use them for microgreens so it's not totally a waste um but you're actually better off kind of starting them and having those lights super low and um letting them you know grow sturdy and not having to fight for that light um the reason that we often start these so early and i'll be starting them early february mid-february 
February is really kind of my greens um, starting time, really. Um, but it's, again, so we can be transplanting out bigger plants so that we're able to get our harvest from the garden earlier. And bigger plants, certainly, uh, you know, in the brassica family, they're able to get established much quicker. They're able to kind of fend off, you know, some early spring problems like slugs and snails um, much better than what they would be if they were little baby seedlings. So we want to be having plants that are a little older. Um, Asian greens, for example, can be transplanted out under some floating row cover about four weeks before your last frost date. Um, and you want your plants to be about four to six weeks old before you're even transplanting them. And you're going to need to take into account that you've got to harden them off for two weeks before you're transplanting. So you want those kind of older, bigger plants that are going to be easier to handle, easier to transplant. Um, I like to transplant things into bigger containers as they grow. So I'm looking at having like plants that are in either those four inch kind of nursery pot size or a coffee cup um, as they get bigger. But I'm looking for plants that are that size that I'm going to be transplanting out. If you're in a slightly warmer area, um, you might be able to transplant these cool weather crops six weeks or even eight weeks before your last frost date. Um, so if you're using some frost fleece or other frost protection like a cold frame, they can go out much earlier. Certainly when I lived in the UK, I was able to be getting these plants out you know a lot earlier than you know i was even thinking of you know putting out warmer weather crops so you know it's something to bear in mind you know early salad greens and early greens are always welcome in early spring um certainly at my house and i never thought like my family would be like hey i really miss our homegrown veggies and our braising greens and stuff but they do um so <laughs> you never know Next up, and what we're talking about last is flowers. And there's actually a lot of flowers that you can start now too. Um, the garden favorite of marigolds, um, for example, they can take a long time to germinate. And sometimes marigolds have quite a low germination rate. That's kind of normal. Um, they need a warm soil as well. So I tend to start my marigolds early. I'll be transplanting them into slightly bigger containers as they're getting bigger. I don't want those plants to be crowded. I don't want the roots to be crowded and if you sow things kind of in a, a milk jug for example and do winter sowing then you really need to keep an eye on how many seeds you're putting in there because plants seeds and things can get crowded very quickly and you want to be taking them out of those crowded conditions and giving them their own space to grow right you want them to kind of flourish in that space that you're giving them so avoid overcrowding um, sometimes though it's kind of difficult um, to not sow so many many seeds in such a small space and just let them have you know that room to to grow a little bit longer um but you know certainly with marigolds like i've planted out a lot of marigolds in a milk jug and i just keep checking on it and seeing you know are we getting things coming up how many are coming up um and once it looks like i've got a number of plants that have come up and they're they've got the first set of leaves starting to grow on there then i'll transplant them into a little cup so maybe like a little four or eight ounce kind of cup sort of size and then when they get a little bit bigger for that i'm putting them into a larger cup size or maybe i'm putting them into you know a four inch nursery pot or something or you know like a coffee cup or something just something so they've got a little bit more space for those roots to get established marigolds for example need to go out after 
the last frost in spring so after all that risk of frost has gone other plants can deal with going out a little before that frost in spring so you'll want to kind of double check before you start planting your plants out and just make sure that you don't plant out those plants that are you know used to those warmer climates out while it's still frosty on the ground um there's lots of different things that we can be planting in terms of flowers like i love marigolds in the garden because they help attract beneficial insects they help deter pests um but also things like painted tongue sweet peas dahlias or dahlias i think is another way um to pronounce it um hollyhocks delphiniums foxgloves and milkweed right those are just some that you can start early and transplant out later um but there's other plants and different um seed mixes like wildflower mixes for example that you could be sowing like in a you know winter sowing kind of deal where you've got it in a milk jug and then you keep that outside and then those seeds will germinate when they're ready. Um, but having flowers in the garden is a really great addition, which we don't often think about. Um, but we really should maybe plant a few more flowers near our garden um, because it helps draw in those pollinators. It provides a habitat for those beneficial bugs. So bringing in pollinators are going to help pollinate your flowering crops throughout the summer. You know, so think things like your squashes, your eggplants, your peppers, your okra, um, tomatoes, right? All of this stuff needs pollinators to help them produce more fruits. And of course, the more pollinators that you are, have, the more flowers are being pollinated, the more likely you are to be getting bigger yields so why not plant some more flowers around and in your garden but i would love to hear from you what are you seeds starting right now let me know over in the facebook group and don't be shy let's see what your seed starting setup is and inspire somebody to get starting their garden from seeds today as well until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully and i'll see you all next week